You are listening to a podcast of Risen Savior Lutheran Church in Chula Vista, California. Growing in faith, living in hope, serving in love, all to the glory of God. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. This is the gospel of the Lord. Scenario number one. There's a fire in an apartment. The building's getting ready to collapse, and so the fire chief orders everyone out. One of the firefighters, as he's standing outside looking toward the building, looks to his side and sees someone crying. He learns that that lady's young boy is still trapped inside. So what's this firefighter going to do, this father of four himself? Is he going to go in and try to rescue the one boy with the risk of orphaning four of his own? It's the moment of truth. Scenario number two. They'd been dating for three years, a lot of ups and downs, and now they're stronger because of it. He has saved two months' worth of salary. He has become very familiar with the four C's of diamonds. And then with fidgety fingers and sweaty palms, he takes that little box out and asks that life-changing question. Will she say yes? the moment of truth. And scenario number three, you haven't been feeling all that well as of late. You decide to go in, get a few tests done, and a few days later, the nurse calls and says the doctor wants to meet with you. And so you go into the office, you spend what seems like an eternity in the waiting room, finally called into a literal room, a, a square room, sitting there for what seems to be even longer. And then the door opens, you see the doorknob twist, and in walks the white-coated specialist, sits on the little stool, gets close to you, opens the binder. What's the news going to be? It's the moment of truth. We've all had them. Those times in life when It comes to that moment of truth, and so much seems to be depending upon this or that. But there is no moment of truth that is greater than when one's life is on the line, which is where we find the one on the cross tonight. This thief, specifically, was going to die. It was a moment of truth for him. And as he looked back upon his life, he didn't like what he saw If there was a movie rating based upon his life, it would have to be rated R for 
the violence, for the language. He knew that the nails that were pounded into his hands were justly pounded there too. We are getting what we deserve. His moment of truth had arrived. What happened next? What happens when he dies? And so in a desperate plea, he says to the one hanging next to him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now, I don't know how much time elapsed between that desperate plea and a divine response. Whether it was seconds or whether it was minutes, who knows, but can we imagine the angst that that criminal was experiencing in that moment of truth? Will Jesus remember me? And then the relief. As he heard these words, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Every segment of that sentence was soothing balm on that thief's soul. Today, Jesus said. Today. For a a thief who had spent who knows how long on death row, for someone now experiencing crucifixion, one of the longest forms of execution that could last three, four days, time was a real factor for him. It meant a lot to him. And for him to hear Jesus say, today, before there would be another sunrise, his suffering would be finished today. Jesus' promise to relieve this thief's pain, didn't come with any fine print, like perhaps or maybe someday. Not next month, not next week, not tomorrow, today. Today. For that thief who now looked at Jesus with the eyes of faith, his suffering would be over by the end of the day. When we are on our deathbed, we're going to hear Jesus say the same words to us, too. Everyone who, through the eyes of faith, looked to the one hanging on the center cross. When when we die, it's not just the end of breathing. It's the end of suffering. No more pain. No more crying. No more tears. Just no more fears. No more anger. No more sin. None of it today. And that's just touching the tip of the iceberg in the comfort of Jesus' words. Today you will be with me in paradise. Imagine what that meant for this criminal. Yeah, a, a criminal spending much of his life most likely with people of not the best character. And now where is he? He's hanging on a cross And the bypassers are hurling insults at him, spitting on him, you name it. Can you imagine the the depths that he was facing at the time? That was the purpose of crucifixion. It wasn't just the physical excruciating part of it. There was the embarrassment of it, the humiliation of it, being placed there on that public cross for everyone to see the naked body and to pass by and say whatever you wanted, throw whatever you wanted at him. 
As much as that thief probably wanted to just hide, just get away from all of those people, he's drawn in by the one hanging next to him. The one who was so different than all the others. The one who, when the nails were were pounded into his hands, didn't throw up curses to everyone, but instead threw up prayers to his heavenly Father, Father, forgive them. The one who was so different than everyone else on that hill. The one who had above him a sign that didn't list all of his crimes. One who had a sign above him that was so powerful, so true. Jesus of Nazareth. King of the Jews. Everything about him was so incredibly different. It was like oil and water. It was the difference between sin and perfection. And the Holy Holy Spirit used Jesus as the living word of God to work on that thief's heart. And it led him not to try to run away out of fear of God who came to punish. He was drawn in by God's grace. And Jesus assures the criminal that the sin that stood between him and a holy God was not unbridgeable. Jesus promises, you will be with me. Not behind me, not even just close to me, but with me. Jesus' forgiveness is so complete that we will be able to stand in the presence of perfection which is amazing if you think back to Moses and how he wasn't even able to to stand in, in the glory of God without threat of death. But in heaven, we'll be able to stand in that presence and live to tell about it. And what will heaven be like? Well, in Revelation, God uses a palette of gold and jewels and rivers to paint a picture for John and now for us. And tonight he uses the word paradise to picture, paint a picture for us. For some of you in your minds, that's what you picture. You picture paradise to be filled with tulips and roses. Some of you picture paradise to be filled with palm trees and citrus trees. But it's not the type of trees there that will make it paradise. It's the one we walk with on the path of paradise that makes it so wonderful. Put it this way. Your son is flying into the airport after two years in Afghanistan. Is it really going to matter what the color of the painting is on the walls of the airport, whether it's blue or green? No, what matters is you're going to be able to hug your son again. Is it really going to matter what the temperature is, whether it's 72 or 78 degrees? doesn't matter. You're going to see your son again. Does it matter what kind of music is there in the background? It's not going to matter because all that matters is you're going to be wrapping your arms around your son again. And so it is with heaven. We're going to be with the Son of God. The Son of God, the one who loved us so much that he left heaven to live with us. The Son of God who loved us so much that he placed himself under the law for us. The Son of God who died for us. 
Ah, he's the one that's going to make paradise so wonderful and so beautiful. If he went to such extents to secure a place for us in heaven, undoubtedly heaven is going to be a spectacular place. Reminds me of a little girl who was walking with her dad. It was an evening time. The stars were starting to come out and she noticed them and she said, Dad, if heaven looks like this from this side, imagine what it's going to look like from the other side. And how can we be assured that that's where we're going to be? When we're on our deathbeds, how can we be so certain that we are going to be with Jesus in paradise? We cannot overlook the words we've heard so often this Lenten season. I tell you the truth. These are the words of Jesus. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus left no room for doubt in speaking those words to that thief on the cross. He leaves no room for doubt as he speaks those words to us too. Today, Jesus makes it clear that when our moment of truth comes, it doesn't matter what we've done in the past. All that matters is what he's done in the past and continues to do now. I don't know when the moment of truth is going to come for you. I don't know when the moment of truth is going to come for me. But someday will be your today. Someday will be my today. So treasure these words. I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Risen Savior podcast. For more information about our church, check us out online at risensavior.us.